0: You're listening to Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help Deer Creek Church think and act faithfully in a changing world.
1: Hello, Deer Creek Church. You're listening to Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help you think and act faithfully in a changing world. My name's Daniel. I'm pastor here at Deer Creek Church, Today, I'm joined by Chad Donahoe. Chad, our associate pastor here at Deer Creek. Chad, you want to say hi? Hello. Hello. And then Aaron Ellis, our worship director as well. Aaron? Hello. Hello. Good to be here. Guys, this is an excerpt taken from a book that we've been uh, encouraging uh, folks to read, uh, Taking God at His Word by Kevin DeYoung. He writes, several years ago, there was an anonymous article in Christianity Today entitled, My Conversation with God. It began, does God still speak? I grew up hearing testimonies about it, but until October 2005, I couldn't say it had ever happened to me. I'm a middle aged professor of theology at a well known Christian university. I've written award winning books. My name is on Christianity Today's Masthead. For years, I've taught that God still speaks, but I couldn't testify to it personally. I can only do so now anonymously. A year after hearing God's voice, I can still I still can't talk or even think about my conversation with God without being overcome by emotion. The anonymous professor went on to talk about an experience where God supernaturally gave him a book outline and a book title and then directed him to use the money from that book to help a young man to go to school and prepare for ministry. He finished the article by saying how strengthened his faith had been to finally have God personally speak to him. It's a fine story in many ways, except in this crucial way. It gives the impression that God does not normally speak to us personally. The article leaves us feeling as though God speaking to us through the scriptures is inferior, less exciting, less edifying as a means of communication. End quote. In other words, the article leaves us feeling as if God's word in scripture is not enough in order to really know God, in order to really hear from God, in order to really know what God wants for our lives, We need something more. We need God to speak to us directly outside of the Bible. But our question today is, is that true? Do we need something more than the Bible to know who God is or how to live faithfully in today's world? Is scripture enough? What do you guys think? Well...
0: I, this is normally the time where I say, I'm reminded by the Westminster Confession. <laughs> yeah. But take Hold a look. It. I have my copy of the Confession closed. <laughs> it's functioning as an armrest.
1: It's an armrest at the moment.
0: But I do think of the words of Peter in the New Testament. And so Peter was one of the first followers of Jesus, and he speaks about this directly. In 2 Peter chapter mm-hmm. 1, verse 16 through 21, he says, For we did not follow but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And this is something that I think we're going to continue to address Mm -hmm. throughout this episode, but this is one of my favorite passages regarding the sufficiency of Scripture Mm -hmm. because I think what um, Peter is saying in verse 19 is that we have a fuller picture
1: Mm -hmm.
0: now because of the word of God, because of the Mm -hmm. Bible. And Mm so um, that's a good thing. And that's something to rejoice in and, and take rest in, right?
1: Yeah. Because what Peter's writing about there is the transfiguration when Jesus brought him, John and James up onto a mountain and Jesus unveiled his glory, right? You would have looked at Jesus and been like, this is a normal man. But on that mountaintop, no, he pulled back his, his veil of humanity. And you just saw him in the blazing glory of, of being God, the son, right? Mm. So what Peter's saying in that is, Hey, I saw Jesus. I witnessed the transfiguration. All of that is amazing, but we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, which you would do well to look at like a lamp shining in the dark place. It's like, Hey, we had this experience. That's great. But where should that direct you back? The Bible. Yeah. Go back to the Bible. It's more fully confirmed there because no prophecy of scripture comes from somebody's own interpretation. You're hearing this, right? And this isn't of just an interpretation. You read the words of the Bible. It was the work of the Holy Spirit working through those authors. So in other words, don't look for an experience of God or a whisper from God. Instead, just look to the scriptures. It's enough. That's why we call it the sufficiency of scripture, right? It's enough. For the things we need to know in our faith and in our life.
0: And what you were saying when you were talking about the whisper of God, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. uh, still small voice yep. is another term that we often use today.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I think of the books and the movements that are going on today that uh, want to teach people how to seek out these experiences. Right. And, and we we addressed this a couple episodes ago. then those are really dangerous movements, and yeah. um, I, I, I'm not sure they're all that helpful, really. But uh, right, but yeah, we want to be people who trust in the sufficiency of, of scripture.
2: I even want to go back to Aaron the joke that you made in the very beginning. You mentioned that you didn't have the Westminster Confession of Faith open, and you did the <laughs> Bible instead. And the reason I think it's mm-hmm. important to go back to is that we're all fans of Westminster, but it's because it's a great summary of Scripture. It's a faithful summary. That's right. It's a faithful Mm -hmm. summary. And so that's why we begin with Scripture. And Mm -hmm. speaking of, Mm -hmm. so um, it's very clear from the Scriptures that we are not to stray from the Scripture. For instance, Revelation chapter 22. Mm -hmm. Listen to this warning, verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the word of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. Mm-hmm. So That's good. a strong warning at the end of the book of Revelation. And also um, Galatians, chapter, or, or Galatians chapter 1, 6 through 9. Here's what, here's what Paul writes. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. And then listen to verse 8. But if, uh, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed, as we've said before. And say it again, if anyone is preaching you a gospel contrary to the one you received, and by received meaning according to the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit inspired by God, the one you received, mm-hmm. let him be accursed.
1: Yeah. Yep. So even if an angel speaks to you, don't stray from what's said in Scripture. The Bible's mm-hmm. enough for us, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and those Scriptures that you just mentioned there, Chad, they're summarized in the confession. So just to, oh, I know. I know. I beat you to it. <laughs> there it is. The whole counsel <laughs> of God— Concerning all the things necessary for God's own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life, is either expressly set down in Scripture, or by good and necessary consequence, may be deduced from Scripture, which nothing at any time should be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. So the key phrase there is all things necessary are in scripture. If you want to know how to be saved, if you want to know what you are to believe, if you want to know how God would have you to live, if you want to know how to glorify God, these are either set down in scripture explicitly or you can deduce them from scripture. We don't need to look anywhere else than that. Bible's enough.
0: Well, can you elaborate on that? Because um, what do you mean by that? And what I'm talking about is uh, in the Westminster Confession, um, what is what is meant by good and necessary mm-hmm. consequence, and um, and a- also uh, what about uh, you know the fact that I want to know the secrets of how to manage my money really well, <laughs> yeah. and I want to know the yep. five secrets to a successful mm-hmm. marriage. Um, what's up with that? Why can't I find that in scripture? And, um, <laughs> sure. but anyways, but more yeah. <laughs> importantly,
1: what, what, explain what good and necessary consequence means. Yeah. Good and necessary consequence. So yeah, just again, to read that, you know, everything in scripture concerning God's glory, our salvation, faith, and life. Again, it's either expressly in scripture or by good and necessary consequence deduced from scripture. Those things which are explicit are, think of John one one in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm. The Word is God, and was with God, and nothing was created without God. That's very explicit. Jesus is the Word, He's God, and he's the Creator. You also have uh, things that are very uh explicit as far as like the Ten Commandments, do not murder yeah it's very, very clear, right, very explicit what good and necessary consequence is getting at is you can make deductions from scripture, right? Based on what the Bible says about uh, any certain topic, you can make uh, deductions from that that are good deductions and necessary ones. So for instance, the Trinity is a good example of this. The word Trinity is not explicit in the scripture, but look at all the different passages that speak about the idea of the Trinity And that's the only conclusion you can come to is that God is one God in three persons. So Deuteronomy chapter six says, hear O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. God is one. But then you have Jesus in Matthew 28 sending his disciples out on the great commission saying, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and in the name of the son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. So you see three names, right? Three persons. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13, there's this bened- benediction, like a blessing that Paul is giving to the Corinthian church. And he says, uh, "The grace, may the grace of God the Father, the love of Christ the Son, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Again, you get three persons there. Mm-hmm. Then you look to passages like I've mentioned about John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and nothing was made except through him, and the Word of God became flesh. The only way you can make sense of all of those passages, God is one, but then there's these three, is to say that God is one being who exists eternally in three distinct persons. So, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about good and necessary consequence. We're saying, yeah, you have to believe the things that are expressly set down in the Bible, but there are also things that you extrapolate from the Bible. Mm -hmm. We have to believe those as well. So, the Bible is sufficient. It's enough, either explicitly or by good and necessary consequence, but that makes me think, I want to ask this question. What would you all say to someone who asks? But answer the question here. Does God speak outside of Scripture? Because one thing to say, okay, yeah, I get it. God speaks in Scripture. We should listen to that. But doesn't God speak outside of Scripture? Like, can't can't we go somewhere else? How how would you guys answer that? Yeah, here's here's a thought on that one. I mean, we
2: get into dangerous territory here when we start expecting or desiring God to speak outside of Scripture as if... Mm-hmm. What he has given us in his word is not enough. And and this is where even the question of when someone makes the claim, um, for instance, God told me, God revealed mm-hmm. to me, is that with a direct voice? Are we talking about an impression? And and again, the question of... Or is it
1: just a manner of speaking? Like sometimes people say, right. I, I, th- I think God's speaking to me in this. You know, you, well, which one? Yeah, which one is Absolutely.
2: It? Yeah. And the question is a question of certainty. How can we be certain? Mm-hmm. Because there are a lot of people that in the name of God told me, can do foolish things, even sinful things. And I think underlying this is an assumption that the Word of God is just not enough and Mm -hmm. that the wisdom that we draw from the Scriptures is not enough. And and frankly, the other danger is it can just lead to paralysis. I can think of years ago doing (laughs) Mm -hmm. college ministry. I literally had a student with such a desire, uh, such a... um, a desire to follow the Lord so closely, he would make a decision to not actually get dressed in the morning until God revealed which socks he should put on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I'm not mm-hmm. mocking him. It was a no. sincere desire. No. No. But yeah. you recognize when we wait for God to speak directly, we can be paralyzed as opposed to understanding the commands and the principles of Scripture and then using wisdom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and I would say, you know, to the question, does God speak outside of Scripture? Um, I think my answer would be, it's important to think of it as not ordinarily. So what I mean by that is, we're not saying that God can't right. speak out of, yep. outside of Scripture. Yep. And, um, but what we certainly do believe is that God leads our conscience through the Holy Spirit. That's, that's certainly um, something that He does as we are sanctified. But here's the important uh, piece is that God is not and does not reveal new revelation outside Mm -hmm. of Scripture. Mm -hmm. And, And that is the problem with Mormonism. And Mm -hmm. also Islam. So with Mormonism, you have Joseph Smith, who um, had a new revelation and um, is surrounded by even a a lot of really odd stories of what was going on, what was surrounding him, and what he was seeing. And and he claims an angel did appear to him and uh, revealed this new revelation that would help uh, better understand the scripture and... Mm -hmm. um, And so it, that led to uh, a whole new host of issues and doctrinal issues also with, I think of Islam as well. Muhammad. Here we have a guy who um, received new revelation from God, and, um, and it really contradicts and, and is counter to, to what the Scripture teaches. I think in our own day and what's actually developing right now, um, the same problem exists within the New Apostolic Reformation. If you guys haven't heard of that, that's mm-hmm. a movement within the charismatic tradition of Christianity, and the New Apostolic Movement teaches that the office of the apostle, of, of the apostle that office, is now reinstated. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there are a few specific... And in many cases, uh, these guys are self-proclaimed apostles, and these people are telling people they need to listen to them because they They're hear the voice God. of God. Yeah, yeah they mm-hmm. have the word of God for you. And this is an attack. This mm-hmm. is an attack on... On the sufficiency of Scripture. And it's all birthed out of this idea that we can just sit outside of Scripture and just simply listen to the voice of God and hear the voice of God in the still small voice um, rather than actually seeking Him through the sufficiency of Scripture. Yeah.
1: It's interesting. You know, I think many people who do have this question, what, the, what they imagine when they hear, hey, j- no, but bi- the Bible is God's word, it's the final authority, it's enough. I think what they imagine is, well, don't put God in a box. We're saying we're trying to limit God in mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. But I actually think it, the opposite is true mm. because the, the Bible actually gives us a much more expansive and comprehensive view of God than a lot of the testimonies you hear about those who said, I have heard God speaking to me outside of Scripture. Yeah. Typically, when somebody says, I've heard God speaking to me outside of Scripture— It typically falls into, uh, you know, I I think of a particular devotional book. I'm not going to mention it, but it it talks about how God met that person in, you know, love and kindness, um, was very gentle to them, all of which are characteristics in Scripture. So we don't want to poo-poo that.
0: Not going to argue with that.
1: But very rarely in these, or I've never heard it at least. And when somebody says, I heard God speaking to me outside of Scripture, do they get a view of God's for instance, vengeance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or his majesty mm-hmm. or his wrath or his fall on the ground like Isaiah, holiness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So actually, I think when people say don't limit God, I think when they're saying, hey, I, I want to hear God over here outside of the Bible, they're actually limiting God. They're making God exclusively one dimensional and very flat and static. Yeah. Whereas scripture, no, it, It makes our view of God much more immense, much more majestic, much more big than, you know, some of the maybe external sources would have us believe. Mm So um, this is another question that comes to mind, guys. You know, some people will say, okay, it's not just that scripture is bad, but it it just doesn't seem to apply to our lives today. So we just need more from God in the sense that we need him to speak to our situations today. Chad, you mentioned socks right? Mm -hmm. So some people will say, you know, the Bible mentions a lot about, you know, different laws around wearing two different types of fabric or not mixing seeds in your field. And that just doesn't seem to speak to us now. I wish it spoke more about a flourish. How how can I have a flourishing marriage? How can I, you know, handle my budget and finances? How would you guys respond to that? Or even like how to parent yeah. Kids that are ages 24 to 16. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe, right. maybe my you. stage yep. of life, some yep. specifics. You know, what's interesting about that too is uh, they went off a different calendar too. They went off uh, a calendar that if you were 12 to 16, uh, in Hebrew culture, you actually probably would have been a lot younger than a 12 to 16-year-old today. And just, you know, just – Point, of, point oh, of fact. That's, that's just cool. another. <laughs> Thank you. That's good. Now I, I feel well, smarter. Yeah. I think I just kind of made that up, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Wow. <laughs> we're
0: going to ask our I listeners. I just wanted to
1: see if I could fool you guys. <laughs>
0: we're
2: going <laughs> to ask our listeners to not fat, fact check. Anything. Yeah, please, please don't fact check anything we say. So to your point, Daniel, it yes, uh, the reality is the scriptures do not always speak to the very particulars of our lives because what is the Bible primarily about it gives us, um, to the best of our human understanding, who is God, mm-hmm. right? It helps us to understand sin, the consequences of sin, the need for our salvation. So, um, so the Bible's not going to speak to everything. It's going to speak to the things that, are, that we must uh, understand in, in our humanity.
1: That's good. It, yeah, it, using your sock example. God isn't going to tell us what socks to wear, but he does say, hey, sin is like a lion crouching at your door and it it means to devour you. Mm -hmm. And hey, let's take that really seriously. And I think a lot of times what we find unapplicable in the Bible, I think if we just ask questions and and study scripture, we realize, oh, wow, that's actually saying a lot more than I thought it was saying. Leviticus, two different types of seed, two different types of fabric. Well, what does that have to do with my day-to-day life? Because I'm wearing a polycotton mix right now. Mm -hmm. But actually it's very profound. What God is saying in the book of Leviticus is, I care about holiness. I'm coming and dwelling with you. And I'm trying to show you that I, a holy God, dwell in your midst. And if you're going to approach me, you too must be holy. Yeah. And God used every dimension of life to show, hey, you don't mix what is profane with what is holy. Mm-hmm. Even down to the fibers on your shirt, don't mix, mm-hmm. right? All to show us, man, we can't do this. Yeah. And we yeah. need a savior. Yeah. We need someone who is untainted, unstained, perfectly holy. And because we're kind of running out of time here, guys, I want to ask one final question. There are movements today, you mentioned one, Aaron, New Apostolic Reformation, that God's raised up prophets to speak to us today, much like the Old Testament or in the book of Acts. So they would say God does speak today through these prophets. What would you say to those persons who maybe are being influenced by that?
0: Yeah, I'd say it just simply doesn't align with Scripture. I think of Hebrews chapter 1, verse Mm 1 through 3, it says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Okay, so yeah, there we go. God spoke through prophets, amen, Mm -hmm. okay? so uh, But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. Mm-hmm. So the uh, emphasis here, verse two, right? So I, I already emphasized um, verse one. He did speak to us through the prophets, but now um, in these last days he has spoken to us through his Son. And um, I also think of Second Peter chapter one verse nineteen. Um, when he says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. Okay, mm-hmm. so he's, he's saying, I, I think if you take these two concepts together in Hebrews and um, in Second Peter, I think what the point is, is... We've got it
1: better, guys. Yeah, we got it better.
0: We we do. Right. We're sitting in a better place right now with the Bible than, than we were waiting for for hearing, waiting for somebody or one of us to hear the voice of God. Yeah, we, the, we've, we're in a much better
1: place. The now. Hebrews passage brings that out perfectly, right? God yeah. did speak at various times yeah. and in different ways through prophets, but but, yeah. but in these last days, yeah. He sent Jesus, who's the radiance of the glory. We don't need anything yeah. more because he's finally revealed himself. And then he's committed those things to scripture. So we can, yep. you know, I, reflect on them like a, dark, a light in a dark place. Amen. Right? And I
0: would exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that
1: light is shining bright guys. Amen.
0: And here's the thing. Why would we want to go backwards?
1: Yeah. We don't want to go backwards. We don't want to go back to, to go the back. types and shadows guys, mm-hmm. yep. but we don't, no.
0: we don't mm-hmm. want that. We, we want to live in the new Testament reality the, mm-hmm. of, of Jesus Christ and his word. My, my
2: last thought on this, um, Psalm nineteen, I think, is beautiful. Here, here's why. So it begins with the heavens declare the glory of God, and and as we look around all of creation, we see a glorious, beautiful, powerful God. And then, what does that psalm go on to talk about? That the law of the Lord is perfect. The law is beautiful. So for us, as we look at these scriptures, what we recognize: the law is perfect, revives mm-hmm. our
1: soul. Yeah, when something's perfect, you can't improve on it, right? Right, right, right. Like I just ate a perfect burrito. (laughs) Couldn't get any better. Don't need to improve on it. The (laughs) age-old question. The age-old question. (laughs) Did God make a burrito so perfect? (laughs) He himself could not eat it. I love that we
2: had it on such a high note and you took
1: us to a burrito. Uh, To a burrito, I have to say
0: amen to that, Chad. Thank you. Okay, we're going to have
1: to leave it at that, guys. How should we think of Scripture? Well, first, we should believe. It's sufficient. It's enough. And brothers, Uh, Again, we're going to encourage everyone. Pick up a copy of Kevin DeYoung's Taking God at His Word. It's on the Next Steps table at the church. And uh, until next time, thank you for joining us on Simply Disciples, a discipleship podcast designed to help you, Deer Creek Church, think and act faithfully in a changing world. Join us next week. We'll continue this discussion on scripture. Take care.